Welcome to the segment of a podcast where I have the honor of delving into worlds we know or what could be referred to as unseen with Becky, also known as Rebecca Nantale Katagaya. Welcome to the show, Becky. Thank you, Carol. So many know you or have come to know of you as one of the voices behind a microphone at Power 104.1 FM and could be also the voice behind many other radio adverts and promotions. Outside of that, what are some of your other passions? Oh, I have several. Let's just say, could you say the arts are a passion? <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? It definitely is. Mm. Um, and I like that you are all encompassing mm. in that way. <laughs> I like that you're all encompassing in that way. But what are some of your favorite genres of art? Oh, fantasy i love i love fantasy whether it's in film or books or even paintings because you know you can look at a painting and be like it's so whimsical it yeah looks, yeah it looks otherworldly yeah. so i will choose that yeah. over a, a figurine of a woman holding a child because i mean that's that's obvious i can see it yeah, yeah. but if it is like the pastels are flowing into each other and somebody yeah. says i call this one mood yeah yeah like, I, mean, I, like, I like that because yeah we are together <laughs> exactly somehow i probably will be the only person saying this is fantastic fantastic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of fantastical i mean you've made reference to to literature you've made reference to film you've made reference to paintings um i think what i'm especially curious about is First of all, just from knowing you in, in our personal <laughs> life, I definitely know that literature and film are, are the things that we get to interface a lot about. We you share know? a thing in common. I know. Finally, somebody who doesn't think I'm weird. I know, <laughs> and I love it. But we talk about we talk about film, we talk about um, literature as well, and food <laughs> as well. I love it. I love it. I mean, this, this friendship is dynamic. Mm. But when we talk about... Um, Literature film. or film, mm. and I think in a lot of ways one thing leads to another because mm. a lot of the f uh, literature that you refer to always kind of ends up in, in film, film, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite works? My favorite works, uh, there's oh my god, there's so many now. I'm thinking, like, ah, what do I do? Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy is just overwhelming. I know, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, let me start with the first whimsical fantasy kind of work that I was, I was exposed to. I was exposed to a book called Seaward by Susan Ward. And Seaward was was it was just fantasy. These kids went through a portal and entered a whole new world. It was it was amazing. They would they would ride ships at night and meet pirates and captains and, and they would ride the tide and they would fly with eagles. They would there were so many things in that book. But uh growing up now I realized the book was actually paying reference to historical figures, some in myth and legend. So it's not necessarily historical figures that were, it's historical figures in fiction yeah. or fantasy. Yeah. Like, I mean, John of Arc, yeah. uh, or maybe sometimes they'll talk about King Arthur. Yeah. Uh, but now you would, you can see the story after growing up. It's just that when you're reading the book, yeah. you don't know that it's King Arthur they're paying reference to. Mm -hmm. So that was, it's one of my favorite because it's 99 pages, but so good yeah you need to read it yeah it's so so good first book i ever read and i think it started my journey oh <laughs> so my journey with fantasy and after that now i can spot a few other things here and there i love where the world things are 
it's it's such a good book mm. but i mean it's talking bears yeah. <laughs> and when it's yeah it's definitely up there i'm crazy so, one, no you're not I, I i believe you're you're just uh, a different you're just different from from me which is a good thing right because if we were all the same then the world would be monotone boring. and boring mm. but when we when I, i especially enjoy how um you speak about first of all animations but fantastical mm. animations because it's definitely something that i cannot palate like <laughs> when i see moving animals i just i just associate um f- cartoons mm. with with all those toy bears and and all those things like talking bears so for me in my mind i just fail to reconcile that reality mm. but talking elephants exactly like like why are you talking and and why are you per- for me it just doesn't make sense it's it's almost like a cognitive dissonance and and it really just unsettles me but <laughs> i know it's dramatic <laughs> it is <laughs> but i really enjoy that you speak of it like that now yesterday we were having a mm. conversation about um about film mm. and 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 where we draw the line right especially as christians first and foremost faith. yeah mm. so where do we draw the line as 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 christians as people of faith mm. and um consuming media like that consuming fantastical media because mm. to be honest as as a literature enthusiast literary and editor yeah extraordinary <laughs> <laughs> first of all i find it very hard to edit uh fantasy, fantasy and fiction yeah <laughs> that's when i can't not real yeah i'm just like what are you saying <laughs> exactly yeah i'm like mm. but you know pr- from my perspective i find that when i see when i'm exposed to fantasy especially in fictional literature mm-hmm. i really struggle with um reconciling that that story with my reality perhaps because of course when i'm consuming the media mm-hmm. i internalize it a lot right mm-hmm. so your journalist exactly, uh, sense kicks in yeah it does <laughs> and unfortunately the way i perceive fantastical literature is or film mm. it for me it just feels like while these people are really walking a fine line and there's this ledge where they're being pushed off of and once you're pushed off that ledge you go down some really dark like spiral I know. i'm curious now i'm very curious as to what you think about johnny depp as an artist because he has done a lot of fantasy <laughs> like like movies i know <laughs> and i just I, like a lot of times when i when i watch stuff where he's featuring i just like, hmm. yeah so my brain is not processing do you know that like i'm just i'm so walking horses exactly. that can climb trees i'm just like why what's what's going on thank you i obsess on on one detail like mm. edward caesar hands i'm like why? wait why are those hands why are they sharp like how does he touch Jack himself smile. like do you know what i mean like where, where is he going yeah yeah so exactly <laughs> yet so, he's really not dumb that's the thing. <laughs> so i miss the point when mm. i am consuming fantastical content especially because of of really because i came to understand mm. that um because i feel like when it's not real it's not yeah it's not real but also like you're really spiraling down like this int- this abyss right mm. think of harry potter we're thinking of this magical which world which i absolutely love i'm a I... christian that loves harry potter don't <laughs> judge yeah mm-hmm. really there's no judgment from me 
But when I think of Harry Potter, I'm thinking, why are these teenagers being introduced to to witchcraft, to, to witchcraft and magic and mm. and I, and and this is an opinion that I formed a lot later on in life. But mm. when I was growing up reading it, to be honest, Harry Potter or J.K. Rowling's work actually formed a lot of my my perception mm. of, of fantasy. Of, exactly, she's a good fantasy writer. Uh, but this is this is the thing about fantasy. I mean, we all know it helps us escape the real world. It, it provides a portal for you to live in a world where no suffering. You could do anything. Uh, you can fly. You can, I mean, dream it, you're it. Yeah. In in the yeah. world of fantasy. Yeah. yeah, It's a little bit different in, in, in the real world. Yeah. And I can understand how those two things are hard to reconcile. But I think for me, it's about even how I was oriented into fantasy. Uh, I had already formulated or formed a relationship with Jesus Christ by the time I was introduced to fantasy. So for me, it was very easy to toe the lines even within fantasy and no, not for me, not for me, not good. I can see where they were going and what they were using, but you could also use this, 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 this to do that. X, Y, Z, yeah. Uh, because already my relationship with Jesus was solid. I knew about the Holy Spirit. So even all these things of magic or or things that can, can fly out, no, the Holy Spirit got you. I mean, like, Trumps that, trumps that, trumps that, trumps yeah. that. So it was easier for me. Uh, but I understand now that it's harder for other people. Yeah, I did I did come around to the question of can Christians create such worlds? Can Which Christians, brings me to my next question. Can Christians yeah. do such things? Yeah. Uh, Are we allowed, quote-unquote? Uh, uh, exactly. As a 14-year-old, it was one of my biggest struggles. I, yeah. have, I have books that I have written from from about the age of eight because I also read Animorphs. I don't know if you've read of Animorphs. No. It was it was it was a bunch of books where um kids touched something in their father's lab and now every animal they could touch they could sort of like take their DNA or mm. a copy of their DNA so they would morph wild into <laughs> You see into things the, like that <laughs> into those animals for if I'm need like, be. <laughs> if I'm need like be. <laughs> why are you morphing into an animal? It's, exactly. it's a problem. There, there was, there was catch there was a catch if you stayed in that morph uh the metamorphosis of like i say you were doo -doo. yeah 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 <laughs> it's an insect a very tiny insect yeah. if you were an insect for longer than two hours you'd stay trapped in what? that in that morph so they had to do whatever they had to do before two hours elapsed oh. but that was not the only thing though other people who were fighting them who seemed to have counterpart it was a very interesting and it was a series so you read animals one to animals eight yeah and I used to ask myself, can we write things like this? Mm. Or is it possible? And I remember having a conversation with my father because he was the one who introduced me to fantasy. And I was like, so how, how exactly do you write about turning into beasts? I mean, God made you human. How yeah. Without coming <laughs> across as looking like exactly. you're otherworldly. Do you know? Because it's a very you're, fine you're line to talk. Yeah. I mean, and how different is this from Juju? How yeah. different is this from... <laughs> <laughs> from, yeah. from, from psychology exactly. and then uh, all those guys psychiatrists will tell you watch the pendulum yeah. hypnosis how is yeah. how different is it from hypnosis how different is it from people who inject demons into you yeah. how different is this from all these other legion of things that we say are wrong to our faith but I think um, also in addition to, to, that, to those series of questions one mm. question to add in there is at what point do you do you not come across as as not okay, mm. you know, psychologically, because it's like my child is wanting to create, to, to <laughs> look like, or, yeah, like, or like to transform people <laughs> into animals, or do you know what I mean? Like, just in the host of those questions. 
very gracious. Uh, he knew he had a nutcase uh, for, for, for a daughter. Mm. Um, and he said, there's, there's no problem with you creating such a world. He said, there's absolutely nothing wrong mm. with you creating such a world because it's art. Art depicts um, what it sees around it. It's like, they usually say life imitates art or art imitates life. But you're not writing something that's so far-fetched, even in Christianity. I mean, how does Christianity work? Yes, we're living on Earth, but we're operating from another realm. Yeah, yeah. So when he opened my mind to the fact that, think of the Holy Spirit, think of the things Jesus says to you, or when Jesus says, Rebecca, I need you to do this, does he come down in person and say, I need you to do this? Sometimes it's in a dream. Sometimes he brings people your way. Sometimes it's a vision. Yeah. That's otherworldly communication. Yeah. It's, it's not necessarily communication in the layman's tongues. Yeah. And I grew to understand that it's okay for me as a Christian to create such worlds because that's how we communicate anyway. Actually, mm, there's, a, there's, there's literally a penny dropping in my mind as you say that. For real. So you're kind of changing my mind. But my next question is then, since... I mean, you've made reference to some of the work that you've, you've, you've consumed, mm. especially in your in your childhood and in your teenage years. Mm. Let's make some reference to the more adult work, mm. um, especially because if, as a press, knowing you, mm. I mean, I know you. Oh, and yeah, you, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah, knowing some of some of the things that you dream to do or th- knowing some of the things that you want to do, I know you definitely want to go into film is a thing that you, mm. a space that you want to dominate. Yes, I, I know even literature as well is a thing mm. that you want to dominate. And, and knowing that you don't create from a vacuum, you create from all of this, right? Mm. Uh, so, of course, I would not be shocked <laughs> if there was fantasy yeah. in, in w- and your name along there is definitely going to be fantasy i feel like when it comes to fantasy in africa especially uganda we're lacking Mm. in that area a lot of ugandan literature uh that i have consumed is it's very real yeah Uh, they're realists so those are 10 steps of how you can go from rags to riches yeah 10 things you could do to grow yeah you know, of guys just such realists. They say, yeah. this is how you manage your finance. There is not a lot on the fantasy scene. And yeah. I feel like our voices, Ugandans, we have a lot of fantasy. I mean, our folklore is the stuff of legend. If you have yeah. a grandmother and they've told you at least one or two, st- you're like, you gay. Yeah. This stuff yeah. needs to be documented yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's not represented anywhere. We don't have a voice. Yeah. Okay, we have a voice. We're just not projecting it or using it and i feel like there's definitely a place for it in the world it's about time i've seen i've seen the western world uh project its folklore to us vampires i can't relate we don't no i just want to discuss like why are they making (laughs) these people who shine in the daylight (laughs) at night they look starved (laughs) like what's that like what's going on and and, and i mean and she tells you of like also going back to the conversation we were having earlier and she tells you she had a dream of this beautiful creature that was that was trying to eat her yeah and then she fell in love with it so when she woke up she wrote a story of of her and the creature actually being lovers. Yeah. That's how the story of Bella and Edward in Twilight comes. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the, that's the madness I'm but, talking about. But you, you keep thinking, I mean, why, why, why can't Kintu and Nambi be written? Yeah. Why can't Mundu and Sarah be written? Jipir and Labongo. Absolutely fantastic yeah. story. That story blows my mind. Yeah. Oh, why can it be written? Um, well, thank God, because we have people like Jennifer Makumbi, mm. who does such a good job of reconciling history, fantas- fantasy, 
um, folklore mm. and 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 some in some ways the, the fantastical right and, mm. and bringing all those things together into realism exactly and for me I, I anyway anyway I'm biased so of course <laughs> but she also has Nambi coming out mm. um, the first woman should be this year hopefully this year if not next year See, whenever no, it comes out those are the kind of things I would like to do I'd like to sit at her feet yeah for for a year or two I probably would be. But you know, it took her about 10 years to write Chintu. 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it goes to show you that even in creating the world, I mean, I reference her work, but I also reference J.K. Rowling's work. Mm. um, And just recognizing the amount of time it takes to to kind of draw that to write story a good story exactly mm. out of Perfect yourself it over yeah time. yeah so you were making good work takes time it just it I mean, you just does. you just can't fast food it yeah i can't <laughs> wait to see your stories develop the ones that you were writing when you yeah. were younger because i think you will tap into some of those i, I have a feeling i was a genius then because sometimes i read that stuff and i'm like whoa now you're genius huh? you just whoa, need to whoa. access it <laughs> <laughs> who's this girl you're genius huh? <laughs> But you know, we're talking we're talking about um, this creation process. Now, this mm. conversation is shifting a bit to the creation 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 process mm. of fantasy work. And my appreciation actually came from for you and, mm. and and your perspective on all of this came from you know we made the reference to J.K. Rowling. Then I also talked about uh, Jennifer Macumbi, but mm. also you talked about a couple of other people <laughs> in between there. So yes, do you mind I just did. sharing a little yes, bit? Yes, I on did. That? A lot of fantasy, like I said, there isn't a lot of fantasy work to consume here. So most of the fantasy work I have consumed is is international. Yeah. Sorry, it's Africa. Okay. But um, <laughs> but you look at at people. Yeah, J.K. Rowling's out of the way. We've taken the Twilight people series yeah. out of the way. You know, Vampire Diaries is actually a book as well. Mm, it was, yeah, it was, it was a book first. <laughs> it was a book first. Yeah, it was a book first. I watched Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm one of those Christians. I watch everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched Game of Thrones and I enjoyed it up until like the fifth season, but which makes sense yeah. because George R. R. Martin is a good, he's an insanely good writer. Yeah. When you read his work, you, you're baffled by the fact that such things exist, but I love his ability to mingle uh, history with folklore. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. There's something about the, the reconciliation of those two or mm. the merging of those two. I have an understanding that, that, that actually it did it did used to happen back yeah. then. Not that they used to see them, but they believed dragons existed. They yeah. believed these things existed. The way we exist we believe in a higher power is the way they believed in these mystical beings, mystical yeah. creatures. So they did the seances that you've seen in Game of Thrones, the the religious uh, beliefs that you see around Game of Thrones, mm. or even their their attitude towards life, sex, children, yeah. women, of all that stuff actually existed in a certain period in time. Yeah. So George R. R. Martin was trying to be as true as possible to that age yeah. and depicted it as best as possible to a new audience, yeah. but staying true to, to, to that to, time. To what that and time I really was love like. that kind of execution. <coughs> I mean, I haven't watched um, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, not because. <laughs> Not because I, of being a Christian, but again, because of the fantastical thing where struggling yeah, a very fine line. I really it is eggs are hatching and so many is unburned. I'm just like, um, what, what's going <laughs> on? To be honest, I watched episode one and I was just like, <laughs> it's 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 the beginning season, season one and two, not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah, the death, I'm faint hearted. 
clearly. The amount of death in that thing will, oh, it will change your life. I am faint-hearted. But I'm I mean, he does warn us. Uh, he says <laughs> all men must die. So yeah, you're yeah. warned. Yeah, beforehand. Yeah. So when it happens, I don't know why we keep getting shocked that it's happening. But yeah, and I feel <laughs> like that also kind of projects into our reality, though, because <laughs> even like in real time, when death happens, it's and almost like we're constantly. All men must die. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they are also Christian fantasy writers. Yeah. Um, Okay, not fantasy writers. They write fantasy, but they're Christian men. Mm. Tolkien, mm. for instance. When you look at Lord of the Rings and the entire trilogy of Lord of the Rings, the guy's actually doing a chronology of the Bible. What? He's talking about the creation story. What? <laughs> exactly. What? Which is why you see oh, the earth is void. It is, it is formless. If you watch Lord of the Rings carefully, you're like, this is such a dark world. But I mean, the Bible even talks about it. They say the earth was... Round voidless. and formless and it, voidless, just basically. He depicts it so perfectly. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's so perfect. Even when you're reading it, you're like, I see it. Yeah. The earth has no shape. Yeah. Yeah. But he did not come out and say, Oh, I'm a Christian and I'm writing about the Bible. He let his work speak that. Yeah. It's us now, scholars of late who are looking into his work and we're like, Oh no. Oh my god, I missed it. Yeah. Of, like when I was watching it the first time, I missed it. And it's a whole, it's a timeline. So Lord of the Rings is also a bit of a timeline. Yeah. Of many people are introduced to the timeline through Lord of the Rings. But there are things even before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Where they're telling you about the father or the things that set all these things into motion. I knew light who had no beginning, had no end. Sounds familiar. It does. <laughs> and it's interesting because <laughs> I really I really loved when 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 we're speaking to that yesterday mm. because personally I'm one of those people who hasn't watched Lord of the Rings either. Mm. Like someone will ask, So what do you do in your free time? Well I do other things. She just does <laughs> journalism. Just not that. Journalism. Real things. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I really like that you made that reference because then it just expands my it, it it expands how I think about it, mm. right? And and not necessarily that really dark abyss of of <laughs> I'm falling over the edge and we are going Ooh, into witchcraft and wizardry exactly. and, and and non-humans and etc etc. You know, yeah, and, like and what elves. is that? Yeah, <laughs> what what is that? But like also thinking about it from a perspective of maybe if if you go over the edge, it's not so bad. It's not. So, you know, this is the funny thing. After watching Lord of the Rings, and. Uh, being introduced to the Silmarillion, which is the entire timeline, mm. because there's a Hobbit, there's, and then there's a horde of things after a lot of the rings. Uh, the story continues till the end. I am strongly convinced, strongly convinced, that my form um, after life, when I go to heaven and meet my maker, this because this is so limiting. The hands, yeah. the feet. I feel like I'm limited. Yeah. And if I'm, if such a big god made me, meaning my spirit can be inhabited by anything. I have a feeling I'm a creature in the afterlife, which yeah. is which is what Trinity here, the gentleman we work yeah. with, calls me because yeah. I tell him, I strongly believe I have wings. Strongly believe I have like those feet. I, some of them would call them talons, but I must be a majestic creature because yeah. I feel majestic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Then. <laughs> and you know, this what, what also this conversation is doing for me now is, is the embodiment of... First of all, you embody a thing, a belief system, um, and a belief, uh, not just a belief system, but like you see all these things. We consume a lot of work, right? Mm. And they become a part of us and, and we stay with them if we choose for them to stay. True. But then even as creators of work, right, as people who are being set up to influ influence minds, mm. a lot of these belief systems, they, they actually come through. And it, as long as we give them time to 
metamorph or mm. to morph within ourselves then eventually at a certain point x it mm. does make sense mm. and so even when we are creating work right it can be executed in a really interesting way exactly something that's palatable even for a child because because yeah. fantasy is a good way to teach children by the way let's go to cs lewis oh. on that regard <laughs> oh. Oh. he came a long time after uh, jj abrams and 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 tolkien who yeah. were friends by the way very sad friends but <laughs> he came a long time after but you can see that even in his work he he's paying homage to those guys because somehow they they sparked something off in him yeah. c.s lewis is one of the christians i absolutely adore because he was unafraid to use magic which we just said don't watch sophia the first because it's magic and i'm like but what's wrong with magic because that power of the holy spirit yeah that comes and sits over you and corrects your bones yeah it's magical how do you explain that? That's magic. Yeah. Like I mean there is no word on earth to to, to miracle, magic, holy spirit. Yeah. It's <laughs> I guess we're afraid of the unknown so sometimes even naming the unknown is just makes it even more scary. Exactly. And because then it's contained in in that it can only be bad, but then when we open our minds to it being affiliated with good as well, then surely it becomes more palatable. Exactly. Look at someone like Jesus spitting into dirt. Yeah. And then putting it in someone's eyes. That, that sounds like, nasty. Dude, dude, are you performing witchcraft? That sounds like, nasty. Like, 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 how different is that from the people who make clay? Yeah. In, in a pot until you drink, your bones will grow strong. Or yeah. your, your cervix will open so that you yeah. can give birth. I mean, there's, there's... Side eye. There's a thing there. Side Do eye. Do you see it the way I see it? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just... You realize that fantasy or these worlds that C.S. Lewis created were not, they were not so far-fetched. I mean, Aslan, the lion, mm. <laughs> who is a depiction of Jesus Christ. Ah, in the Chronicles of Narnia. Exactly. So, I mean, a lion, how is a lion connected to the King of Kings? Yes, we call him the lion and the lamb. The Bible is also very poetic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, the is very definitely, poetic. definitely. Uh, of the lion and the lamb, of the lion sacrificed his life so that these people would live. Yeah. And these people, in the normal world, they're just normal kids. But when they come through this portal, when they walk through the wardrobe, they are princes and princesses in this land and they hold power. Do you think but, that it's heaven? Yes, it is. Through the, through the wardrobe? It is. Ah. It is, it is, it is, it is. And Aslan actually, because when Aslan died and the Wicked Witch, the Ice Queen, thought she had won, um, when he resurrects, now do you see how it really looks like? Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. When he resurrects, every single thing he touched became alive again. Like he would, wherever he stepped, you would see life. Life, yeah. Come back again. So Aslan came back. 300,000 million to infinity times <laughs> life. Yeah. Yeah. More powerful than yeah. he was yeah. before his death. And I thought, you guy, unless you've read the Bible, you don't understand this hack. I do. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. the people who are watching this saying, oh, what a wonderful, whimsical thing. Of, oh, magic, magic. Yeah. And me, I'm looking at it think, saying, you guys, the things God did for us yeah. are outstanding. Yeah. They are outstanding of... I love I love his use of of all those fantasy like things of the lion to represent Jesus, the yeah. magic to represent the Holy Spirit, uh, the children in the real world being human, but then being 
princes and princesses in this other world and the power they wield. Yeah. Also, if they remember that, they can also face the challenges in their real world. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because of that. Of, it was such an amazing piece of work. The books, the movies, perfect. Oh, oh, there's another person that I think you need to tell me. To. He's called Frank E. Peretti. Mm-hmm. He writes... Flamey writes more about spirituality, but the way he writes about spirituality is not in the sense of, oh, this is the spirit and and God yeah. and you, yeah. and this is what you're supposed to yeah, do. This is do, the do, 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 yeah, this is do, 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 don't, don't, don't. <laughs> he's, he's not very familiar. <laughs> he's not the kind of writer. He depicts worlds. Now, in his books, he he writes about heaven. Yeah. And how there's a command center and there's an archangel in charge of defense of. It's so beautiful. Like when you, when you read the book, he's majestic and he's, he's giving commands. He's saying, we have a strategy. This is the plan. Tell you go before, uh, send the troops. And they show you how the angels are actually there. And then they show you how the angels are on earth. Now he presents the heavenly realm, shows earth as yeah. a realm as well. Yeah. And then shows you how these angels come. And they're soldiers. So because they're soldiers, they work according to command. They have commands from up there. Yeah. But the command on earth is pretty simple. Wait for to be given the command. So your angels don't move unless you tell them to. Yeah. So sometimes they're there and they want to fight for you, but they're like, allow us to do this because they won't overstep protocol. Yeah. That book is, it made me pray even more of, but then it goes to show you, he shows you the devil's world as well. Yeah. Then he shows you how both this world, heavenly realm and the devil's realm cannot have anything move on earth unless we move. Ah. So with whatever you're doing, you're advancing an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're advancing a king. It, it's yeah. just, it's mind-boggling. It will blow your mind. And it's also in series. It's, he starts with this present darkness, then piercing the darkness. Then he goes into the third one. But he's, he's an absolutely marvelous writer. Fantastic well, books. I don't know about <laughs> anybody else, but I'm definitely <laughs> sold when it comes to um, co- being more open to consuming more fantastical work, especially... If it's recommendations from you, because, um, yeah, like, obviously, it's definitely going to be a world that I'm going to go into and just be, like, overwhelmed in the most amazing way. It's okay, way. I'm going to even hook you up with this present darkness. I have do, a book. Ah, I will bring it for you. <laughs> do so tomorrow, please, because I'm so excited to do it mm-hmm. and just jump into it and delve into it. Especially because, for me, I told you, I was just really afraid. I'm like... This this just seems like a very fine line to so straddle. So would you read like history, like the Castle of Tutan? I mean, yeah, I would. I, I will read history. <laughs> I love history. I love history, but because you know, sometimes also history is, is, I think they lie a bit, right? I think it's fabricated a bit. And the power, the power is with whoever holds. The exactly, pen. but I think with that one, it's palatable mm. because it's set in reality. It's a thing that I can see can happen, I see right? The pyramids, yeah, I've seen the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caskets, yeah, so yeah. Real. So there's reference points for me <laughs> that are tangible and that I can feel, not necessarily in the moment, mm. but I know that I can go there one day mm. and see this thing. You know what I mean? So because. I, so these are the remains of Nefertiti. Yeah, yeah. I'm and really, like, it's not exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I can see how Nefertiti was like this. <laughs> like she, she, she was like me, you know. But if you tell me about Medusa, I'm like, wait, what? Uh, Greek mythology. Yeah, I'm like, wait, you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, to conclude, um, I think the question that I have for you. Uh, or I'll put before you mm. is do you have any advice for people um, young people old people mid-career advanced career whatever mm. who are looking who are first of all Christians and are grappling with this thing like mm. I am um, mm. and they're content creators what kind of 
advice do you have for them? It, not just in the in the fantastical mm. world creation kind of way, but just creation. in terms of creation, mm. because I believe creation is it. First of all, it, it derives from such a personal space, right? From a place you really have to dig inside of yourself <laughs> in order to come. Uh, you're bathing something. Uh. So, what advice do you have for anybody out there who is one looking into going into content creation, who is mid-level content creator, but also those advanced content creators? Um, who are perhaps in a place of stuck or are looking mm. for something different to tap into. Mm. In the words famously uh, said by one of our trainers here at Parfum, he came on Saturday and said, you cannot create unless you know the creator. Listen. And the creator, I mean, he's all of life. Look around us. There's creation everywhere, all around us. Yeah. So... I mean, I trust that guy to give you stuff, yeah. stuff, stuff to create. And because, I mean, it, he does it every day. Have you looked at the sky? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> at sunset, at sunrise, in the know, middle of the day. Like, how does he do that? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I get that. I get that. He's so good. And he's not run out. Yeah. Of <laughs> All you have to do is say, yo, I'm, I'm looking to do this, that, that, that. Guide me, help me. Yeah. He will he'll open that up for you. But also do not be afraid of of creating, even for the dark places, because because that's a real thing. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. That realm exists and people need to know that it does. Yeah. So how else will they know unless you create. it is shown? But don't end at just showing us the dark world. Show us the power to overcome it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because essentially that's what I believe for us as Christians is our mandate. Yeah. Show that you know what, these things do exist. Make a choice. But make sure you make the right choice. Yeah. Choose life. Yeah. You get. Uh, the third thing I think you need to do is, you know, God is not afraid of, of you creating. He's not afraid of you saying, now nah, I'm going to make a Saruman who, mm. who enchants or, or casts spell over people. He's not afraid of that. He's more powerful than you can imagine. Yeah. So so be, be content in that. Be sure in that. And tap into whatever he tells you about that Saruman, because that's only one character. Yeah. He's not the only other character. There are so many other characters around yeah. around that character build, yeah. around those worlds. Consume, consume, consume as much uh, as much work that is out there. I mean, there are Christians that have written books that are dark, but have hope at yeah. the end. Divergent series. Yeah. Uh, the C.S. Lewis's of his world, the Tolkien's, the J.J. Abrams, the find them yeah. and consume that work. Also, find a mentor. Because yeah. sometimes you will think, oh, I'm consuming, consuming, and you'll fall over the edge. Because yeah. you're consuming, you're letting in things into your mind, your space, and they're imprinting on your subconscious. And you find yourself doubtful of the power of God, doubtful of the things he can do for you because of what you've consumed. Yeah. So you need to have someone. I had a spiritual sister who was willing to to say, okay, now I think you've gone too you've far. You've gone far. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's far. No, no. Yeah, come back. I think, I think you are lost. <laughs> Come back here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and she's the one I watched Harry Potter with. But funny enough, for her, she was she kept saying, This is so amazing. The power of sacrifice. The so I can tell you my experience of Harry Potter is very different from what most people uh-huh. had. But what most people had, I saw it through the Bible. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> huh. but but that aside, she was she was willing to tell me, okay, now this vampire diary is nonsense. I think you've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. You have gone over the edge. Mm. Come back. Because what exactly are you are you learning? Yeah. And I'll be like, uh, 
Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you so much You're for welcome. being so, um, first of all, transparent, vulnerable as well. And um, I look forward to to consuming your work. I and editing my fantasy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Watch out, world, we're coming. But, like, just to see your name um, on this really amazing That's work. That's going to be so cool. Can you imagine in the future... And there's Carol's work and <laughs> Becky's work. And, and I'm like, oh, that's my friend. And like, oh, my God. And then so you're going to throw back to this podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell people, listen to this podcast way back when. It was know, prophetic. <laughs> but we're speaking it into existence. It is going to be. Thank you so much for listening. And catch us next time. <laughs>